to another episode of Small Town Sports Talk. I'm host Jonah Freeman with co-host Andrew Willett. Andrew, how are you today? Jonah, I have never been better. <laughs> All right, so um, today we kind of have, it's we basically have one big thing, and today's episode is Twitter debates, but Andrew has a couple other ideas on what he feels needs to be done in order for the NBA to get this season done, crown a champion. So I think we're going to start off with Andrew going over his ideas. We're going to discuss those, and then we're going to go into our Twitter debates. So, Andrew, if you want to go ahead and start talking about that, go ahead. So, Jonah, this is uh, absolutely a wild time in in the world, let alone uh, any sports or the NBA. Um, but I, I do have some ideas, and I think uh, with this just strange time, strange period in time that the NBA has an opportunity to make some changes that could be revolutionary and very good for the game. Like, before this, I don't think any of these changes that Adam Silver wanted to do could have happened. But now, right. I feel like Adam Silver has some room. He should go and make these changes. And I'll, I'll go ahead and start out with our, our baseline changes for what I think should happen every single season. Um, and then I'll get into what they need to do to somehow finish this season because uh, they're in a rough spot. So I'll, I'll start off. Everybody knows um, NBA players don't like playing an 82-game season. It's terrible for their bodies. Um, it's, just, it's just tough. Yeah. And so they don't like it. So I, I am proposing the NBA takes on a 58-game schedule. They, they play every team once games. at home and once on the road. Because 29 teams away and home, that's 58 games. Then you take the top five in each conference and you put them in. They are in the playoffs. And then you take the bottom five from each conference and they are out of the playoffs. So those 58 games are still very important in the regular season. But here's yeah. where things get interesting. The remaining 10 teams in the middle, they play a double elimination tournament to decide seeding, to decide those six, seven, and eight seeds in each conference. Right, so you are, like, you do want the conferences still. Like, you still want to have a Western and Eastern. And, you know, simply because of history, yes, I do. But I yeah. don't feel okay. like this will mess with history too much. Because those six out of those 10 teams make the playoffs, and from there... Uh, you have your normal playoffs, and and this is where it kind of gets into now because I think now you have the best opportunity to move the schedule. It's the NBA is typically right. like in October, late October. Jonah, does that sound right? Yeah. Late October. Well, it's it's been kind of changing a little bit. Yeah, late October this year was kind of how it was. Late October through June is what the season is. I think you take the opportunity right now. And you are starting the season. Some people have uh, proposed a Christmas Day start, which everybody loves Christmas Day in the NBA. So that that could be an option. But late December, maybe January, and you're going through August. Okay? And yeah, this is where the NBA makes their changes. And I think they can do it. Uh, and it starts now because what the NBA has to do is create a bubble. And now what that means is that they need to quarantine, like every single one of their players. 
And like I mentioned before, I know sports are not incredibly important right now, but you have to think about how nice of a service that would be to everyday Americans and people around the world to just have some basketball on TV. And we, we right. I think, yeah, Jonah. I think a lot of people. Um, that sounds awesome, and I think most NBA players would be for it. But I think it it comes down to do the players want to sacrifice that much time off? Because once they started that season up, a lot of that they wouldn't be able to see a lot of people they are typically seeing right now, like family wise, for a good amount of time until they're able to finish this. You know what I mean? Like they'd be kind of locked up with these players and that wouldn't be a terrible thing because a lot of them have bonds with their teammates but it'd definitely be kind of like one of those sacrifice things and I think the the NBA players would do it because I think they want to play they know people want to watch them play but I think it'd be interesting to see how all that played out and Jonah that is a phenomenal point and that's where I get to my next argument here what the NBA needs to do and Adam Silver talked about it, about the NBA possibly being a leader in jumpstarting the economy. And obviously, it'd be the only thing on TV. It would help ratings. But right. uh, it would give something for people to watch. But here's what I'm saying. The NBA needs to rent out a hotel and an arena. And I'm talking not just the players, like you said, which could be shaky, but every single player and their families. It'd right. be expensive, and- but... Think about it again. It'd be the, like the I mean, only thing on TV. Th- right. This is a way that they can kind of make up for some of this revenue they feel like they've lost this coming year. Exactly. Because like like you just said, I mean, other I mean, Ice Cube is starting something, and it's kind of like what you're saying, like with their, his three on three league. But other than that, I mean, we have the yeah the two K tournament starting tomorrow night. But other than that, like they would literally be the only new thing on TV sports wise. So they have all of America's attention, mo- all of the world's attention. Oh yeah, like, like that's NBA a lot of money. Becoming a global game, right? It would be it'd be well worth it, and so and by doing this, you can finish out the season, and maybe you could implement this uh, playing tournament, and then, like I talked about, uh, just getting the season stretched out through August, and then beginning in late December for next season. It's a rough yeah. go, but I think it could uh, it could really help lift some spirits, um, and it would definitely help the NBA, in my opinion. All right, and I think again, regardless of what happens, even if your plans are implemented, I think the schedule change is something we're going to see regardless, because you can't just if you end up finishing this year, you can't just go from finishing this year and then starting at your typical time next year. So regardless, for the rest of the NBA entirety like you're not always going to start late October now because you can't like if we go back players are going to have to rest their bodies they can't just here finish in August and then pick right back up in October you know what I mean so it's definitely something that's going to make big changes regardless and I think that's what makes some of your points so realistic is because like we know that this schedule change is going to have to happen whether they reduce it or they change when it is, it's going to have to happen. And, like, the NBA, they needed to do something. The, the ratings have been down. So I think this is the perfect opportunity. And just jump on it. And I think it, it can also help build a fan base because I think some people are so caught up on college basketball or some, like, I know my dad personally doesn't necessarily like watching 
the newer game as much as he liked watching the older game. So for some of those people that don't have the opportunity to even pick, like between, uh, I'd rather watch college, I'm not going to watch NBA this year. Like, this is the only thing they have to watch, which could help build a fan base. So not only are you getting the whole world's attention, you're adding a f to your fan base, which is already pretty large. Yep. Um, I'm all for it, Jim. So, yeah. Like, so is, are those your ideas? Do you have any others? Those, those are my two. Um, I think we should – they need to get on it. I, I miss the NBA. I know – I'll say it again. Sports aren't that important right now. But I think it would be a help for not, not only the NBA but the rest of the world. Right, and then uh, two other things I want to touch on that are coming up here soon before we get into our debates are I want to know your personal thoughts, Andrew, on this 2K tournament starting tomorrow. The 2K tournament. So, Jonah, I am not one who uh, dips into video games too often. Of course, as a kid growing up, I played 2K all the time. Um, but so, saying that, I'm absolutely going to pay attention. I might watch or listen in on some of this tournament. Jonah, I think it's uh, yeah. pretty exciting. It, it's a it's a cool thing because the Suns were actually one of the first teams to start doing this. Um, the Suns would they they've been playing their their games that they've already had scheduled, but they would either have a player on their team play someone from the other team, or they'd have someone from their two K team play another one, or they'd have like I know the recently they've had a couple Arizona Cardinals players play a football player from the other team's city. So like it's neat to watch. Like I was watching Mikhail or. Um, Frank Kaminsky played Brian Bowen of the Pacers the other day. So they're literally playing a game with 2K with their teams, and it's fun to hear them talk to each other, kind of trash talk. So now the fact you add the biggest stars doing that in 2K on ESPN, like, that's cool. Like, I'm, I'm excited. And I have two sons in it, so. <laughs> that's how I feel pretty good. Oh, yeah. And the other thing, I know you're excited for this. What are your thoughts on uh, The Last Dance coming up? The Michael Jordan documentary. Jota, I'm pumped. That like that should yes. not have been more well done by the people who are releasing that because we, we have nothing right. else right Big now. Big thank you. Big thank you to them because there is nothing right now. And nothing. that's going to be so good. So good. All right. So um, now we're going to get into the main part of our episode, these Twitter debates. So what we've done is Andrew and I both have kind of looked through Twitter We've looked for some, some interesting questions, some kind of fun questions. I've added a couple, Andrew's added a couple, and we've compiled them together into a list. And so we're going to start at the top. I think there's like 10 or 11 here. going to go questions, answers, and then discuss if we have a disagreement or whatever. So the first question, name the NBA player that you thought was going to be a star but didn't even come close. Andrew, I'll let you go first. I will, Jonah, I will say this uh, and be fully confident in it because – I'll tell you what, I was I was on his bandwagon, Kelly Olenek. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I, I've liked a lot of Gonzaga guys coming out of right? college, like Sabonis. Uh, I really like Brandon Clark. I wish the Suns would have grabbed <laughs> him. Olenek is another guy. Kyle Wiltshire. Um, right, it just seems like they have a lot of these like intriguing prospects, and I, I did think Olenek was going to be good too. Like Olenek was thing the 14th overall pitch in the NBA draft. Boston traded up to get him, and Jonah, I'll, I'll explain this a little bit if you don't mind. Uh, I go ahead. I wanted. This was right after the Celtics traded uh, Paul Pierce, Kevin Arnett, and we got all those draft picks. 
Olenus was like my next guy. Like I didn't I didn't know who I was gonna be cheering for, but Olenus right. he was the man, and so um, I was I was fully bought in on him. I was watching summer league games, watching highlights from summer league, and um, you know occasionally he'd show a sign, but he he never really came to fruition. Well, that's what I was about to say. I think the thing that has to frustrate you the most is he showed some pretty serious signs that he's going to be able to develop into a good player in this league. Exactly. I think one of my favorite all-time Olenek moments uh, is that series against the Wizards in the playoffs. Don't you know it. Olenek kind of set a screen on Oubre. Oubre wasn't happy, and Oubre charged Olenek and laid him (laughs) out. Like, that was amazing. I remember watching that live. I went back at least 10 times when I watched that, and I died laughing every time. Well, Jonah, I was thinking of Game 7 of that series versus the Wizards. Pelio Linux oh, went off well, for 26 24 points, points. 26, yeah. And pretty much won that game for the Boston Celtics. And so, like, yeah. I had signs, and he he had moments where I was so high on him. And little did I know, like from the very start, that he was taking one pitch before a future MVP, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> yeah, that is tough. All right, Jonah, you're. That, that's definitely tough. Um, I wrote three down. I put Dragon Bender on there just because I just because of like a son standpoint. I he, thought Dragon Bender was going to be really player. good. I agree. I thought he was yeah. gonna be pretty good. I still have um, hope I for him. I put Okor on there. I think I think with the team like the Warriors, he could he could come into a good player. Like I think the Warriors are the right team to experiment with. Exactly. Um, put Oak Four on there just because of like how high of a pick he was, and obviously he hasn't really panned out. And then the one that I really wish would have is Jimmer Fredette, because that man was lights out in college. I agree. I thought it was gonna be pretty good. That was pretty so yeah. I put I put Fredette on there. And this, he even gave it a go with the Suns last year, and he made me mad. Book had a chance for 60 or 50 or 60. I don't even remember. It was a big number. And Fredette came in and started chugging up threes, and Book didn't get there at the end of the season. So it, it made me upset. <laughs> didn't work out. He, he hasn't just worked out. He just didn't work no, out. I mean, um, he's doing great over in China. Yeah, that is true. It's just not in the league. Yep. Um, next question. This one is a really, really tough one because it doesn't really – these three players don't really have necessarily yeah, like a lot in common position-wise. You know that? <laughs> this one is hard. So um, the next one is start one, bench one, cut one, and it's Anthony Davis, Kawhi, and Giannis. So I'll go first this time. I personally – I started Kawhi, I benched Giannis, and I cut AD. And at one point I really want to make here is there is not a wrong answer. Like, there is no yeah. wrong answers here. Yeah. There are no wrong answers. So, Andrew, what would you put? I put the exact same thing you did. Start Kawhi, bench Giannis, and cut AD. And I can't believe, like, in any one of these, I would ever, like, cut Anthony Davis. Because that guy is yeah. such a generational talent. But And the thing is, like, in our last episode, I, I like Giannis over Kawhi as a player. But, like, if I'm starting a team in this standpoint, like, I want someone like Kawhi who could do it all. Which is why I put Kawhi over Giannis. Because, like, right now, Giannis doesn't have that developed jump shot that I feel like is crucial oh. and when you have a star to build around. I, I did Kawhi because th- th- that dude, like, when it gets to the playoffs, that dude's going to win. Yeah. So, so far, yeah, that's I mean, his history, and he has right. totally shown that. Right, and you made a good point. It really comes, like, 
we do this for fun, but like if you're say looking at in your team's aspect, it really comes down to needs because all three of these guys are really exactly. good. Like if I'm a Celtic, so, I think I'm not cutting Anthony Davis for sure. Like I was about to say, same thing with the Suns. Like you replace someone like Sarge with AD on this team, the Suns have, and all of a sudden they're looking pretty scary. Exactly. You know, so it's like it's just so. It could be so many Sarge different ways was a there. Horrible picked up by the Suns, by the way. I, I mean, it hasn't been bad. He just hasn't been consistent. Like there are times where he'll give us 18, 20 points and stress the floor exactly like we need him to. But it's just he doesn't do it consistently enough that you can keep him on the floor yeah. as a non-liability. So um, next one, is sent. we're going to stick with the start one, bench one, cut one. And this one, all in their primes, we're going to go with D-Rose, Russell Westbrook, Kyrie. Andrew, give me your three first. Whew. I started Russell Westbrook. I benched Kyrie Irving, and I cut Derrick Rose. It was tough, Jonah. Okay, so – so I have a question. So, like, where do you see Kyrie Irving's prime? Because, like, when I look at Derrick Rose, I think of that MVP year as his prime. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, where do you see Kyrie's prime at? Do you think of it as championship year? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, in that case, I look at it as his championship year, too. And in that case, I still – I cut Kyrie. I, I start Russell. I bench Derrick Rose, and I cut Kyrie. Bench Derrick Rose, and you see his MVP season as the one. Right. Jonah. What? He averaged like 22 points a game. No, he averaged 25, 8, and 4. Kyrie's championship year, he averaged 25, 6, and 3. Hold up. I think, like, if, if I would, if I thought of necessarily, like, is this year's Kyrie's prime, like this, like, this current year, I would maybe give it to Kyrie, but again, that's like he's been so unhealthy, and we haven't really seen the Nets do much. Like, I don't want to consider that his prime because technically this year, Kyrie's have had a better statistical year than he did his championship year. Yeah, but he's hardly played this year. Like, exactly. Like, that's why I didn't want to list that as his prime. No way. And, and like, for me, like, I view Kyrie's championship year and Rose's MVP year, I view them very similarly, but I just didn't want to give Kyrie the edge just because he won the championship because I feel like if Rose were next to LeBron, it would have been the same way. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. Like, I, I think we both agreed that Russell Westbrook was the best player out of these three. Oh, 100%. Like, you don't average a triple-double like that. For three straight years. Like, that, like... Yeah, like, that's insane. That is so insane. <laughs> People underrate uh, Westbrook all the time. They just do. Oh, and I and I was one of those people at the beginning of the year when he started a little slow. Like, I was like, what the heck? And now he's making everyone look stupid for doing it. Yep. But, yeah, I, I see what you're saying with D-Rose. Um, you know, maybe so. But uh, I, I benched Tyree and I cut D-Rose. Right. Um. Next question, third best shooting guard of all time behind Mike and Kobe. And some of you guys may not agree with Mike and then Kobe, but regardless, I think in my mind I like Mike and Kobe as far as one and two in shooting oh, guard easily. conversation. Yeah. So who who was your third best, Andrew? My third best. I So I, I did have the question, is Jerry West a shooting guard? Well, see, I, put the, I, I literally put the same thing down. I put Jerry West with a question mark because, like, my original thought was Dwayne Wade. Like, I Me look too. at it, I think Dwayne Wade, and Allen Iverson, maybe. 
But then, so then I looked up, I wanted to like look at some stats and stuff and some results. And then when I looked up some of these lists, I saw Jerry West included. And honestly, I had never thought of West as necessarily a shooting guard. Yeah, me too. But that's where some of these websites have him listed. So in this case, I'm not listing him as necessarily a shooting guard, which is why I have Dwayne Wade at three. Yeah, I think Jerry West is my uh, third best shooting guard of all time, if he's a shooting guard. If not, I agree. It's Dwayne Wade. Right. Exactly. Like, that's what I'm saying. I think Jerry West is three if you do look at him as a shooting guard. But I just I don't look at him that way. So that's why I put Dwayne Wade. Uh, this one we, we this is kind of a funny one. Yeah. one. So um, who is the NBA equivalent of Ryan Tannehill in your eyes? And obviously, uh, Ryan Tannehill is the now very, very well-paid quarterback of the Tennessee Titans. He that uh, traded their last offseason to be a backup from the Miami Dolphins. And then he took over the starting job and went to the conference championship game. So uh, that that's what we're yeah. looking for in the NBA. Jonah, you want to go first? So um, my original thought was Isaiah Thomas. And the reason I say that is because he just kind of seems like one of those system guys. And so after I looked at Isaiah Thomas, I went back to that tweet. Yeah, and I I just wanted to look at some people's replies, and I saw a really really good one, and someone said Evan Turner, and then someone replied with This is the winner, high draft pick, disappointing on original team. Turns out he's pretty valuable slash above average, not winning a championship if he's your best, but will be competitive. Proved himself on second team, and then got overpaid. And like when you think about it, like that is a good point. Yeah, it is. So like I guess I I would give it to Evan Turner. Like I originally I liked Isaiah Thomas in that, but I like Evan Turner. Turner is a good call. So I, I really struggled on this one because I was like I was trying to think of because he he was a decent player just on a horrible Miami Dolphins team, Tannehill was. So I was trying to right. think of decent players who were just on horrible teams. And so I went down, I was like uh Rondo uh but being a Decent player on a horrible Sacramento team to now being on the Lakers, but that's not a very good one. I was like Kevin Love on a horrible Minnesota team, and then that Terry did championship on LeBron's team. But then I really found, and I really think this is the winner, Jonah. We're talking about a high draft pick in Ryan Tannehill, the number eight overall pick in 2012. Ennis Tanter was the third overall pick in 2011. And then we're talking right. about uh, being just uh, being all right on a just terrible team, and that's been Ennis Tanner's career. But then Tannehill got traded, uh, just like Tanner got traded, to a uh, to Portland to be a backup for a player. But then injury happened. Ennis Tanner comes in, and he does he does really well in his role, and so. Like that, that is right up Tannehill's alley, except Tannehill went and got paid. So that's where I think Evan Turner kind of fits a little bit better. Right. And, uh, and his canter is a good answer. But I, like you just said, I think Evan Turner fits all the categories, like all the checklists. <laughs> I don't know. I just like, I like, I like that. I thought it was funny and I liked it. I so, next question Name an underrated NBA player you'd love to see on your team. Johnny first. Yeah, I went with Bojan Bogdanovic. I, no, and that's you know because what, Jonah? I was shocked you didn't go with a point guard. Being a Phoenix Suns well, fan. Well, 
like the thing is I like Rubio like I do. He just doesn't get it done at times. And I I think the Suns will end up getting a guard. I I really feel like they'll go with Nico Mannion, so I held off on a guard here because I feel like we're going to fill that spot this coming but draft. Yeah, the Suns have way too many needs. That that's fair. Right. <laughs> exactly. And then two, I mean again, I kind of wanted to look at an underrated guy to replace Saric, but then again, I was kind of like, you know what, I just want to give my overall most under, underrated I'd like to see on any NBA team. That's why I went with Bogdanovich. He's a quality and, player, and not that many people know And it. he doesn't get talked no. about. Exactly. Like, I watched him, like, obviously living in Indiana, I go to several Pacer games a year, and, like, that dude was a beast. He, like, he was so good. Oh, yeah. He had, like, uh, the year... Oladipo almost led the Pacers that series. Bogdanovich had a, a game that was literally his game. Like, he went off. Yep. And he literally led the Pacers in a in a huge game. Ver- and then the you Cavaliers see him on the Jazz. Went on to the finals. Yeah. Right. Then you look at him out on the Jazz, and he's he's balling out there. Yeah, like, that's why I put Bogdanovich. So, what about you? Who is your underrated that's player you'd like to see? And I know you probably have a few. That's, uh, I was going to say, that's a great tall. And, like, I, I know he's underrated, but, like, Boston doesn't really need Another forward. We've right. got uh, Gordon Hayward, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, so on and so forth. So <laughs> when I made my list, Jonah, I, uh, I think, not surprisingly, I had a whole bunch of big men. Um, but ultimately, the underrated player that I want on my NBA franchise, the Boston Celtics, uh, was – I looked at the, the Lopez brothers, but Brooke Lopez, that's my guy. I think he is the underrated player I want on Boston. He right. can step out and shoot it on offense and on defense. Unbelievably underrated. That I was about to say. I think his underrated comes from the defensive end. There's a lot of people think of him as a, a strict offensive weapon, and that's not he the case at all. Crazy good uh, rim protector. And not right. like not right. like an olden days room protector where he couldn't play defense today, but he's he's pretty good. I agree. Uh, I definitely agree with you Bruce there. Lopez is my call. Okay, so now I'm gonna let Andrew go first, and then I'll go. This is like it's the same question, but it's like we did this one like for our team. So Andrew's gonna go first, and he's gonna give his Mount Rushmore for his Celtics team, and then after him, I'll give my Mount Rushmore for my Suns. So Andrew, go ahead. Celtics Mount Rushmore. My Celtics Mount Rushmore. So this was really difficult uh, because I'll go ahead and name my first three: Larry Bird, Bill Russell, Paul Pierce. And after that, I I needed to find a player because I I pretty much pitched the three best players from the three eras Boston won a title in. Right. And after that, I, I wasn't really sure where to go because I know in the 70s we won a couple with Dave Cowens as our best player. But I, I don't really know that he makes my Mount Rushmore. And so, like, I, I had to pick one between Bob Cousy, Dave Cowens, John Havlicek, JoJo White, Kevin McHale was up there. And I think my fourth one, I just have to go with Red Arbach, the man who built it all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he coached those uh, teams right. of Bill Russell's. He uh, was the general manager for all of the Larry Bird Celtics teams. And uh, I'm pretty sure he was – he uh, lived up until the bid three. 
Right. He's yeah. on my Mount Rushmore. Jonah, your Phoenix Suns, Mount Rushmore. So I went with Steve Nash, obviously. Like Steve Nash, he is honestly. I'm a huge book fanboy, but he is honestly probably my favorite son other than Booker. Like when you watch him, his highlights, I like him a lot, and he did a lot for them. Yes, he did. So I put Steve Nash, Charles Barkley had a good run in Phoenix, Stoudemire, and then I put D'Antoni. And the reason I put D'Antoni there is, I feel like, and I don't like the small ball that's going on now, but I feel like D'Antoni kind of was the first one to have a small ball in this area, like in this era, I guess. He really does. Right, because, like, now, the seven I look at it, in a, it right, in, in a different in a different way, now you look at him with the Rockets, their small ball is to the extreme. Like, yeah, P.J. Tucker is your starting center a lot of the time, which is, that's, that's pretty crazy. And, like, at the time, he went small ball, and he put Stoudemire at center. Now, Stoudemire is 6'10", 6'11", so it's, it's today that's different. still maybe a center. But still, like, that was smaller back then. Oh, yeah. So, like, I put three guys that were a few guys that won in Phoenix. And then I put D'Antoni for, I mean, he had the .650 oh, yeah. win percentage in the regular season. Led him to a couple playoff wins. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, that's like, why I put D'Antoni. Finals a few years. Right. So, that's that's why I think, so both of us have a coach in there. And I don't think that would necessarily be the case for all teams, but. Two of us had very revolutionary coaches. Yep. So I'm going to stick with a coach. And the next question, now that I think about it, it's it's a really hard question because it is strictly dependent on how the series plays out, and we just don't know how it will. Yeah. But the next question is, if the Bucks don't win the title, who is more well, to blame, Coach Bud or Giannis? As well. Right. But so, like, again, it all comes down to what happens because, like, obviously if Giannis underperforms, then it's on Giannis. And obviously, if Giannis plays well, like plays as usual, and they don't win, then it's on Bud for not getting the guys around well, him. What do you? Whose fault do you think it was last year? See, I don't, I don't know because I think, I think the team this year is more loaded. Fair. So, like, I feel like Giannis definitely underperformed, but I feel like even if Giannis did perform at his level, I don't know if it would have been enough. That's so, I mean, I'd probably say Giannis last year, but I, that's what makes me want to say that I don't think Giannis will do that again this year. And if they didn't win it all, I'd have to give it to Bud. Like, I would think it'd come from Bud's fault, not Giannis. And uh, that's where I'm going to disagree with you. I think if the Suns don't get it done, it is on Giannis. The Suns? Giannis on the Suns? Did I say that? My bad. Yes. If the Bud Yeah, Giannis is on the Suns <laughs> now. Okay, shut up, Jonah. If 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 the butts don't get it done this year or next year, it is on Giannis because All right. he like he still has the flaw in his game. Yeah, okay, that that jump shot is still a flaw in his game. I think it's why they didn't get it done last year, and I think until that happens, it's it's really it's on him. Right. I, I mean, I. I Again, there's not really a wrong answer there because it's so what you think is going to happen. So, next question. Uh, what is the clutchest shot in NBA history in your opinion? The most clutch shot in NBA history? Um, so, I was I'd, I had recent history on my mind. I was like, Ray Allen maybe in that uh, 20... Was it 2013 Heat Series? 13. Spurs? Yeah, that, that's actually my pick. Like, that is my pick for the clutch shot in oh, NBA God, history. God, no. Um, 
And then I also thought about Kyrie Irving's uh, shot in 2016 over Steph to win it in Game 7. But I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going with Michael Jordan's buzzer beater in 98 to beat the Utah yeah. Jazz. Yeah, and again, like just because I haven't like watched a lot of Mike, that's I think I I gave it to Ray Allen just because like that's one of those moments like I vividly remember that like oh, yeah. I remember sitting there wanting LeBron to lose because at the time I hated LeBron for what he was doing <laughs> to my Pacers that I liked at the time. Yep. So it's like because at the, at that time I grew up watching the Pacers like with my dad so. I watched LeBron continuously torch them. I wanted to watch the Heat lose, and I was so excited. I was like, let's go. The Spurs are going to beat them. And then all of a sudden, Ray Allen gets this pass from Bosch in the corner, puts it up, and it goes in. I'm like, great. Like, that blocked so, like, out. That's, that's why, yeah, like, that's why I put Allen there, because it's, like, it's one of those memories, like, that I remember. Uh, like, I remember how I was feeling. So I, I'm right there with you, Jonah. I hated that shot. Right. You remember, so, Ray um, Allen was just the year previous on my Boston Celtics. <laughs> Loser. Uh, we we don't uh, need to get into that. So, <laughs> um, so this one, I mean, this is just kind of like for fun. Um, when watching Premier NBA games, do you like watching NBA on ESPN or NBA on TNT? Uh, I think I'm just gonna go with the NBA on TNT, Jonah. Yeah, I like ESPN, but I will say you cannot beat TNT's pregame. Like, that group of guys, man, like, that's unbeatable as a pregame and halftime show. Ernie Clark? But I, I, dude, what a like, legend. Oh, like, all of them. All of them out there, dude. They're, they're pretty great. Chuck, Charles, like, oh, my and gosh. And players man. only is pretty fun, too. Right, right. I think the reason I picked ESPN is because, like, it's fun. Like, they have the connections, I guess, like, the guys that work for them. Like, when you're getting to trade deadline, I think it's cool when you have someone like Woj that you can bring on mid-game and talk, you know what I mean? And then, like, as far as college basketball necessarily goes for ESPN, like, you're getting down close. And I know a lot of people don't like Joe Lenardi's bracketology, but ESPN, again, has a connection. They'll bring Lenardi on. And so, like, I like – and you can't go wrong with Doris Burke – so she's with Great ESPN. Point. That helps. I love Mike Breen. Like, listen to him call games. I love him. So, like, that's why I went with ESPN. Yeah. That, that's a fair one. And then uh, last question. Uh, if you could pick one person based from your favorite team city to be their super fan, who would it be? Jenna, I, had, I had a tough time with this one. And now that I look at it, if – because it's hard to necessarily find someone that came from your city. So if there's an athlete or something you want to add, like, I'll accept that. Because originally, I didn't know either, and I put Futuristic. He's a rapper who has kind of recently kind of come to this with the Suns. And he and Booker actually did a music video for one of his things called It's Gotta Be The Shoes. They've done promotions together, which is why I put Futuristic. But now that I think about it, like, I wanted to say Fitzgerald, but now he has stock, like, in the Suns. So I didn't want to mention him. Um, which That's now I, like I've seen Kyler Murray at a lot of games, so like now that he's really the face of the Arizona Cardinals, like I also want to say Kyler Murray because it's cool when you have a stud like that there, like sitting courtside, because you see him and Booker, yeah, they, like they, right, like so I think I'll have to go with Kyler Murray there. Futuristic's not a bad answer, like a, a good a bad first answer I guess, but I like Kyler Murray. What about you? So I kind of took this, and we're doing Twitter debates. 
So I, I, I went with Twitter. And um, so I was thinking, like, Mark Wahlberg is from Boston, but I ultimately went with Twitter, and I was thinking uh, Sam is from Boston. I, I'm not sure if you have any idea who she is, but she is a super fan um, and just tweets about the Celtics a lot. Uh, she's a popular fish, popular amongst Boston fans. But I'm going with uh, Janos. Is Janos. All right. All right. I mean, so there it is. That's our uh, what Andrew thinks the NBA should do slash NBA debates. Uh, Andrew, any last thoughts? Yeah, Jonah, I, I want to talk about uh, one more thing. Do you think that this, um, if we don't get a season out of this, is that helpful to the Milwaukee Butts or is it uh, hurtful because they – they obviously, they can't fail now. <laughs> they can't disappoint you right. like that. But they also get one less chance to uh, kind of sell him on Milwaukee. Well, right, and I think it comes down to can you get these same players to buy back in and want to return? Because obviously it's hard to keep the same group of guys and together. They were crazy good this year. <laughs> right. Um, I think it hurts them. I mean, like you said, they're – you don't want to necessarily see this season as a failure, so you almost don't want to see them lose, and that is, it's a good possibility with the other good teams out there that they do lose. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I just feel like it's, it, it'll be hard to maintain these guys and maintain the level that they're all playing at. So I think this is, like, their best shot to do it. So I think it definitely hurts them if they don't. I agree. If they don't and play. And, like, you look at the, the Clippers and Lakers who are also hurt by this because they, they were pretty much on two-year windows before all of their guys became right. free agents. Exactly. Um, but, like you said, I think this year was Milwaukee's best shot. The, the Clippers and Lakers are both coming back next year. So, right, right. We'll see. And I, I think you have to look at it next year, too. The Warriors are going to be back next year. Yes, and I very much looking forward to that. We, we, we'll have an episode to talk about the Warriors a little bit later. Uh, maybe maybe yes. want to talk about Ukrainian sons too. So, uh, oh, we'll see. We'll see. Not a lot of good comes out of that. Good, good NBA Twitter debates today, Jonah. Yep. All right. So, I mean, obviously, tune in tomorrow night. Watch D Book DeAndre Ayton first round NBA 2K tourney on ESPN. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to be fun. We have Last Dance coming up. But other than that, there's not a lot of sports going on. So, stick with us. We're trying our best. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining me today. This is fun. It was. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Right. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Yep. Stay safe.